The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Mindspo podcast. You are tuning in for another episode of Deep Diving with the Souls. I'm here with my partner in crime, my partner in business, the other co-founder of Mindspo and Manifesty app, Chris Soul. What's up? What's up? Today, we are doing an episode that is very random, but I feel like it's very appropriate. We're almost 50 episodes into the podcast. And on this podcast, if you follow along weekly, you will know that we don't do that many life updates. We're always talking about manifestation and different topics. And we haven't really dived into us, like who we are. We've told our story on episode one of this podcast where we just really went through our journey and getting here and building Mindspo and why we're so passionate about meditation, manifestation, personal growth. But we haven't really dived into like us as people. So this is like speed dating with the souls today. (laughs) You are sitting in for a three-way speed date and we are going to be answering a whole bunch of questions. They're going to get progressively juicier and deeper as we go along, kind of like most first dates do. Not that I've been on a date in 12 years, but I assume when you go on a date, you start a little surface or a little light and you kind of get into the more juicy things as the night goes on. Are you saying I haven't taken you on a date in 12 years? You know what? I... (laughs) Is that how long it seems? (laughs) You know what I mean. Like when was the last time we went on a day where we like felt like we got to know each other properly again? Well. 12 years ago, babe. I mean, we're constantly learning about each other, aren't we? I know, but it's not like we sit at dinner. (laughs) When we sit at dinner and have a date, we normally deep dive into like business things or esoteric topics. Not like this. Not like this. Sol has the questions. I do. We're both going to answer them. Do you want to- all right, you ready? Let's I'm just, ready. Let's just jump straight in. Okay, go. Okay, so what's your love language? <laughs> Whoa. Hit me. My love language, I would say number one is words of affirmation. Number two is physical touch. Yep. You? Do you, do you want to elaborate why why that is? I love talking, so I feel I love to hear like positive words because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always, maybe because I feel like I'm always trying to put positive things out there, I really love when like they, they come back. Yeah. Mine is acts of service. Oh, yeah, blowjobs. Um, no, <laughs> but yeah, sure, why the not? The first time we ever did the love language test, when souls came back, acts of service, I was like, oh, so blowjobs, basically. You always say that. But I like, just think it's funny. And I, I just not, that's not what comes to mind when I think about There is someone service. listening to this podcast right now that is laughing. So yeah, it's yes, funny. That's fine. Laugh it up. <laughs> yeah. At your expense. No, for me, it's, it's just, I think it's probably because my mum always did everything for everyone yeah, growing up. Mm-hmm. So she's very like a, a person you can count on mm-hmm. to just go and get stuff done. You're like, if you need someone to help you paint your house, call my mum. She will just be there in five seconds with mm-hmm. a paintbrush. So I feel like for me, that's how I show people love. 
Yes. And then that's also then it's just a straight correlation. If somebody does something for me, whatever it is, makes my life a little easier, that to me directly translates into a feeling of love. Next question. Introverted or extroverted? Which one are you? Introverted, extrovert. Introverted, extrovert. Or what does, extroverted, introvert. What does that mean exactly? It means that I Look, I think it's like this. I feel like I appear extremely extroverted to people that just meet me or hang around me, but behind closed doors, I'm extremely introverted. And I don't feel like people really see my introverted side, but if I'm around people, like if I'm doing retreats or presenting or doing anything, like I literally have to retreat. Otherwise, I will hate myself and I will hate people. And that's just me hating myself. Yeah, you get depleted. I get so depleted and I feel... Like when I'm on, I'm really on and I'm really there and I'm really engaged and I give everything when I'm there, but I have to retreat. And I've really learned that the hard way because I used to just believe I was super extroverted and I would push myself to be super extroverted and I would give, 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 and then I would crash and crumble. I think I've just become also more like in tune with myself and who I am as a person. I love my alone time. I love my privacy. I love to just be on my own, but I also like people. I when, do. When you say alone, though, you mean with me. Yeah, I like, I like. <laughs> that's not alone. <laughs> I like you and me and that's my world. <laughs> and then dogs. I'm not, I'm always yes. extroverted for dogs. Yes. Like, I, like our neighbor's dog, George, who rocks up occasionally. He was there this morning, wasn't he? I love he, but, he, he hates everyone except for you. He loves me. We understand each other on yeah, a deep soul he's level. Great. He has a big smile unless he's barking at you. All right. Speaking of dogs, you are literally a golden retriever. So just. Well, fun, funnily enough, I actually thought I was introverted for most of my life. Yeah, but I think, ever told I, think it's, I think it's because I had to learn English after 13. Yeah. And so I think it just makes you a little bit hesitant to open your mouth and connect to people and everyone's just making fun of you for your German accent for 10 years straight. And uh, little Chris, but also I, I quite enjoy my alone time as well. I'm quite good alone. So I think the combination of those two things as plus a little bit of social anxiety made me think actually that I was introverted until I did a personality test. I can't remember which one it was, but it basically told me that I was like 95% extroverted. Mm. And then it made me realize that I can just talk to absolute randoms on mm -hmm. the street for hours and feel energized when I walk away. Mm. So that seems to be the hallmark of an extrovert. You are so extroverted and you can talk and connect with anyone. You are, I get a kick out of it. You're a golden retriever. You're a Labrador. You are just go, 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 go. And I'll take you anywhere and we will be at a cafe and so we'll just retrieve friends and all of a sudden we will have these new people. Yeah, it's great. It's incredible. It's exhausting to be a partner sometimes, I think, but I love it. I, I love think, that about you. I think it relates to a belief I, I I developed at some point. I heard, I can't even remember where I heard it, maybe in a movie or something. There was this line that said, the greatest conversation you'll ever have will be with a complete stranger. Mm. It's just some random line I heard in a movie and I was like, that sounds cool. It sounds like a great way to live your life because it makes you super open to exploring and connecting with random people. And it's true. A lot of people you talk to, there isn't necessarily something incredible going on in their life. But every once in a while, you talk to some total stranger and you just have the most amazing connection with them. So, yeah. I love life. that about you. It is inspiring to be around that. And I feel like sometimes I've tried to meet you at that energy, but I've just learned. For yeah, myself. You, I don't think you're that. I'm not that. But it's it's weird because you and I make jokes about this and it's 
I actually would really love to be someone that just keeps going and keeps giving. And I feel what I have to balance it with as well is I just feel like I have to have really strong boundaries about like how connected I am because unlike you, for me, I'm always getting messages and DMs and every single social platform, even my WhatsApp. I'm so strict with my communication channels because for me, it feels like it never stops. And Soul has a lot less of that. If I had as many conversations going on digitally as you do all day long, I would not want to talk to a lot of people. I would just be like, I would relish my alone time in the physical. It's just because- I don't have that anywhere near as much as you. Mm. So then I'm, I'm, I'm open and I'm recharged. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Anyway, what type of music are you into? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like lots of music. I'm very eclectic. I love Soul Hates It, but I have an affirmation playlist. If you go to Spotify and you search <laughs> Mindspo, we have a playlist called the Elevate Playlist. I highly recommend everyone go to Spotify and follow us on Spotify, not only for the podcast. And if you do follow the podcast, make sure you rate us five stars because it really helps us out. But go and find the actual Mindspo playlist. We have the Elevate Playlist and Wake Up Good Morning Coffee Playlist and Shadow Workout Playlist. I love music with lyrics. I like cheesy music. I also love like Deep House and all the stuff that I used to DJ and disco stuff, but I'm really eclectic. So what kind of music do you like? The thing that I noticed there is that you can't tell me a single artist. This is, this is something about Rosh. It's like, you don't remember movie names. You, you definitely don't remember actors. I'm not a fan. Actresses. I'm not a fan like, of You'll people. be like, who, who is that person? I'll be like, that's fucking Harrison Ford. <laughs> It's Indiana Jones, goddammit. <laughs> You'll be like, oh, have I seen him in anything before? <laughs> I'm just not a fan person. No, I mean, I'm not a fan either, but I just remember. You are a movie and music buff. I'm a movie buff. buff and a music buff, that's true. Okay, type of music. I feel like my music taste has changed a lot over the years. Uh-huh. It went from like screamo metal when I was like a teenager. Thank God. To hip hop maybe in mm-hmm. my 20s. Like Dr. Dre, Chronic 2001. Now Soul plays Deep Berlin House at 6 a.m. I love some really dark, like heavy, like basement Mm. techno, like the kind of music that makes the walls shake. I just, it it gives me a a feeling. Gives me anxiety. (laughs) It's it's the soundtrack to my life. Mm. And I have to be very careful what I listen to because as Rochelle just, yeah, it it can sometimes jack up your nervous system. You know what's a great type of music though, which you know, is a uh, 1960s like soul. Oh, we love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like you know Al, what? Al Green. We are going to make before this podcast comes out, we are going to make a 1960s playlist on the Mindspo playlist. So mm. if you want some wholesome, happy, yeah. really good vibes, abundant music to listen to happy lyrics. that is non-threatening, that feels so good just singing about making love and yep. women and what are we gonna pl- lo- call the loving pla- sunshine and what stuff? are we gonna call the playlist oh happy days happy days know. we're gonna make the happy, happy days playlist happy the- life happy life happy life happy life soundtrack okay because it literally feels like a soundtrack so good yeah all right next go to guilty pleasure mm. tim tams it from in australia mm. for me it's playing uh, open raw uh, Which is an old video game, Red Alert, Command and Conquer Red Alert. I thought Alert. this was food based. Like, if it's a guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure, oh, guilty pleasure is 90s rom coms or 90s series, like oh. watching Gilmore Girls. 
That would be mm. – I love doing something like that, just tuning out and watching reruns of Gilmore Hugh Girls. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant movies. That's definitely a guilty pleasure right yep. there. Anything with Hugh Grant, anything <laughs> 90s, Gilmore Girls, anything that just is like calming for the nervous system. Do you have a morning routine? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes? What is it? Well, once I'm awake. How me, do you wake up? Just, just let me do the morning routine once I'm awake and then you can – continue this. So once I am awake, I go for a walk up this hill in Bali and I listen to music or I listen to a podcast or I listen to a walking meditation and it gets me in a really nice high vibration. And then when I come home, I usually order some breakfast and while waiting for breakfast, I meditate and do that. And then after that, I will generally have a shower and then I will get to work. Mm. Mm. And the morning routine is always changing and shifting, but that's the car. Do you jump out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> Rot, I, I am basically the human alarm clock mm-hmm. for Rosh. I will just jump out of bed as soon as the alarm goes off. I'm just like straight up, but I have to then wake you up and you're so cuddly in the morning. You mm-hmm. just like try to reach out to me and then, and then I'm not in the right state of mind either. So I'm like, I'll just lay down for a moment. So probably two, three times a week. I'll lay down. I'll suddenly just like pass out next to you, and then it's an hour, an hour and a half later. So, and my my pet peeve that Sol does that I hate is Sol touches. Uh, I my touch feet. your big toe. I hate it. <laughs> I just graze it. He he tickles my feet when I'm like half asleep to try and wake me up, and it is honestly my whole nervous system like hates him in that moment, and I like curl up into a ball like really tightly. All right. Favorite thing about your job. The ripple effect. Mm-hmm. I love the ripple effect. I I believe with what we do with Mindspo, with Manifesty, with Mindspo retreats, like everything that we do has such a beautiful ripple effect. And I always say like it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with the people. Like I'm not the one that changes people. People change themselves. And I'm just a guide that is taking them through whatever it is or teaching the meditation or delivering information in a new way. And to have people take that information or to take that knowledge or that energy and then to pass that on in some way, I think that is so beautiful. Mm. And I am always so happy to get dms and messages and gosh podcast reviews when people write how it's impacted their life like that to me makes everything worth it because sometimes what we do is really hard and it's not easy putting yourself out there and and in this space but the ripple effect always even when i'm having like a really hard week which i actually had the last week the messages or the the feedback of how it's affecting people Mm. makes everything worth it. How about you? For me, it's the freedom to construct my day however I wish. Mm. I've always been someone I I don't like structure. I don't like being told what to do. So being able to work for myself and Mm. be self-motivated and be able to just stop everything at a a moment's notice. If I feel like, you know what, I just want to go for a walk. Hey, I want to go and see a friend. I want to go to the beach. Having that ability to just completely phase shift any moment is is a great privilege that I that I very much cherish. What annoys you most about your job? Mm. I can go first if you want. Yep. For me, it's not knowing when it stops because as much as I love working, I find that I can easily overwork 
Whereas back when I used to work in corporate, et cetera, it's like you get this build up to Friday and then it's Friday, you're done and you go for Friday drinks and then it's like you enjoy the crap out of your weekend because there's nothing to do. You're off of the clock. But obviously working on businesses that you're actually passionate about, that you are creating the momentum yourself means it's so easy just to keep working on a Saturday. Maybe you're working until 10 o'clock at night if you, something's happening. And I feel like that's the one thing. It's a happy sacrifice. Mm. I'd much rather have the ability to do whatever I want and work and not have that off feeling. But it would be, that's probably the thing that I miss sometimes a little bit. The feeling that like, oh, I'm done for the day, for the week, for the month, which which is something we don't really feel ever really there's always the next project waiting right behind the project that just finished so true i'd say for me being misunderstood Mm. i feel putting yourself out there publicly and putting out content and teaching and doing things I, i get really i find it really hurtful when i'm misunderstood and i think that's really hard because you've got so many people looking at you so many people from different backgrounds and taking things through their own lens of perception and sometimes i feel so much pressure and so much responsibility to say the right thing and do the right thing and you actually can't do the right thing from everyone's eyes and everyone's lenses and i feel that as things grow i I do struggle with that a little bit and i feel just being online there is definitely a sacrifice that sometimes i find really difficult and just i think as well like it's not nice to have people judge you or to have make assumptions about you when they don't even really know you. And maybe even this is why we're doing an episode like this. And I'm very guarded on like, how much do I tell people and how much do I put myself out there? And I'm always trying to find that balance of like privacy versus sharing and connecting. And yeah, I think being misunderstood really, really sucks. And I think that sucks for anyone, but I think that's just like actually a part of my job, like having information go out there and teaching and putting things out there and then people interpreting that. And then just having to handle all those interpretations. And I'm just always learning to stop caring what people think, but sometimes it I find that really difficult. Yeah, it's inevitable, isn't it? It is. What's that famous quote? If you wish not to be criticized, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. I just am now understanding that the price of doing what you want in this world and making a big change and getting things out there is criticism it is people's feedback it is flack it's there is always going to be people in that energy and yeah. everyone's entitled to that whatever they want to say and i just sometimes get overwhelmed with that totally. and i'm entitled not to care yeah <laughs> worst job you've ever had it's not a bad job i was an ice cream girl for baskin robbins <laughs> and New Zealand natural what's so bad about it then it wasn't bad it wasn't the worst job i think i've had Look, I really have been so lucky with my jobs. I think Sol's like crying and hating his past job. I don't think I've ever done anything that I really hated. I've just done like basic like little jobs like here and there. But yeah, I never was never really like horrible. I'll tell you my worst one. I think when I was 15 or something, I got a job at Franklin's Big Fresh, a supermarket chain that just opened a new one at Varinga Mall Shopping Mm -hmm. Center on the Northern Beaches. And basically they built this big ass thing and they gave us these uniforms kind of looked like a tablecloth with little like white and red squares all over it and basically they were installing at each cash register i was a checkout chick right mm-hmm. and they were installing you these, were a checkout chick well that's what you called it right <laughs> a checkout dude yeah come on so and they were basically installing this like roll with all of the fruit and vegetable with a four digit code behind each one but they weren't ready yet 
And so on my orientation, oh, no. they basically said, not only is this like the first time I'm doing any kind of checkout thing, they start taking us through the fruit and vegetable section. This is oh, a no. big ass supermarket. Oh, there is, there's 70, 100 different fruits and vegetables. And they said, I want you to stay here for an hour. And I want you to look at each of these fruits and vegetables, look at the signs, and I need you to start memorizing these four digit codes for every single <laughs> thing, right? So I'm like, are you my fucking, dyslexia are you kidding? Never. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this is before meditation, so like my memory's shot, all right. Uh, and so all I remember is the big day comes, and we open the supermarket, and these rolls with all of the codes are not there. They're not there for like a couple of weeks or longer yet. And I just have the biggest amount of anxiety because I'm standing at this thing and these random people would rock up and they would have little bags with like cucumbers, and I'd be like. Fuck. And so then I'd have to ask someone quickly to run over to the fruit and vegetable section and be like, two, four, eight, six. And this would happen like every single customer wow. until there was big queues of people. And it was just an absolute dumpster fire. Wow. Wow. Like I can literally feel the anxiety in my body it right looks now. It's like you need to do breath work around that. <sighs> Honestly, I also worked at Target. Target. And Target was great because they had this slot in the middle of the checkout register where you would put the coat hangers. So you'd have people would bring clothes, you take the coat hangers and you put it down this slot. And below the cash register, there was this big drum where all the things would fall into, right? And But what you could do is if the manager wasn't around, you could look around when there's no customer, I would literally pull the thing out and I would sit down underneath my checkout register and I would set an alarm on my Nokia phone for 10 minutes and I would literally just fall asleep and have a nap under my register. Employee of the month right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I actually got fired from that job with rightfully so. Career, best career decision you've ever made. You go first. Quitting, quitting my full-time job. That was the best thing I ever did, 100%. And you know what? I knew all the way along, deep in my bones, I was like, I am not I am not meant to be in this position. I'm meant to be creating things. I'm meant to be running things, not because I'm power hungry or something, but I just knew that there were things inside me that need to come out and mm -hmm. it was never going to happen in those environments. I tried many different jobs. I knew the whole time. My uncle in Bavaria, he runs his own show. He's always been, I think I take after him a little bit. And I was like, I'm going to be like him in the sense of I'm going to run my own company and construct my life however I wish. Mm -hmm. So the best decision I ever made was leaving that environment when I was 26 mm -hmm. because I was just absolutely burnt out. And then life just got so much better afterwards. My best career decision is something that I want to just give to everyone as like career advice. I believe the best thing you can do in your life is listen to the voice, your gut, your intuition. So whatever your gut, your intuition, that inner voice is telling you to do when it comes to your career, when it comes to business, when it comes to life, that is what you should do. You just need to listen to that inner guidance because that, that is never going to lead you astray. Mm, love that. Absolutely. Career advice you would give your younger self? If I could go back in time and I could tell my younger self something, it would be to stop putting myself in a box, 
try everything, experiment with everything, allow yourself to just expand and evolve and fail. Don't be scared of failure. Realize that all failure is feedback. And if you can just go and try things, that is how you're going to learn about yourself. That's how you're going to learn about people. That's how you're going to learn about money, like the industry, everything. So just put yourself out there. And especially when you don't have all of these attachments and these things that can go wrong, especially when you're young and you don't have all this stuff, like you don't have a long-term relationship or a house or a mortgage or any of these things. Like, yeah, responsibilities. When you're young, it is the time to take risks and literally just do it for the plot. Continue to do things for the plot, have fun with your life and just stop fixating on failure and instead just see everything as an experiment. And every time you fail, you're just getting feedback. Mm. I think career advice I would give myself, my younger self, is to spend more time getting into the minds of other people Mm. because I think we are such a naturally self-centered species. Mm. It's just, it's a survival tactic to think about yourself and what you want and what I like and everything. But the power, there's so much power in, in really putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and asking yourself, what problem does this person have that you could solve for them? And I think that is the biggest recipe for success. There are so many issues and challenges and ways that people would love to get some help and some support. And meanwhile, everyone's just thinking about what do I like to do? And it's if you could combine what the prop, what actual relevant problems are that a lot of people have, and then think about what you like to do and how you can match those two and just all day long scanning and thinking deeply into that, I think the sooner you can do that, I think most people never do that in their entire lifetime. If you could start that real early, my God, then you just start to see opportunities everywhere you look. Nice. So yeah. Do you live by a motto? I live by the motto that I create my own reality. Hmm. I have a motto, which is always expect to get lucky. Mm -hmm. So how can someone earn your trust? I think the one moment that I ever trusted someone the most was when Beth, (laughs) my best mate, turned around to me and I think I was like having a moment where I was like questioning her around something and she just turned around and goes, Rochelle, if you killed someone, I'd bury the dead body with you. (laughs) And I I don't think I've ever (laughs) trusted anyone. more in my life and I'll never forget how comforting it felt and that sounds really intense but I think for me it was just a have you have you killed many people shut up soul it's not (laughs) I think it was just more of a thing of I just felt like she was with me to like the end so Mm. I I feel like just when someone really has my back and what I mean by that is that's like such a like over the top just someone just saying something flippantly but it was I think whenever someone really shows me that they have my back and that they're Someone's on my side. Someone's willing to commit a crime with you, for you, and I've become never, an accessory. I've, Chris, I've never committed a crime. You know how paranoid I am. Can you, I, I, come on. And at this point in time, everyone has committed crimes one way or another, whether you like it or what not. What crime have I committed? Oh, let me think. I mean, you're very, you're definitely, you definitely have a very light rap sheet. That's very true. But I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could think of something. Okay, like jaywalking on the side of the yeah, street. Yeah, exactly. Or something. Literally, but you know, planet what I mean? of I'm, bullshit laws. I'm, I am the most like I'm not. Yes, yes, I know. Yeah. I know. So, Libra, you're very concerned with balance and not. Yes. What I'm trying to say to answer the question is, I, I think when someone really has my back and they'll go to 
they'll go to bat for me. You know why I love Megan so much, Megan Rose Lane. Like Megan is someone in my life that I feel like will always be there for me no matter what's going on. And she'll call me out and help me grow. It's not like, she, I don't like yes people. That's not that's not it. Like I'm well, not, yeah, I'm actually not someone that wants someone that just says yes to me. I like people that help genuine, me evolve and, and challenge and I, I want to always get better and improve. Like that's one of my fundamental things. But I just like people that are there for me like no matter what. And just that's, I think you, if you just, if you've got my back also like loyalty, when you stay with me like a long time, or I feel that you're, yeah, just, I have that with my team actually. Yeah. Shout out to Inez. I like Inez is someone who I trust with my life, like with everything and Annalise as well. Like I've gotten really close with Annalise. There's people that I feel very like that really get to know me on a personal level. And I just feel like they'll, they'll be there for me and I'll be there for them and I'll always help them. You know what I mean? And they'll always help me. Soul knows this about me. I'm very much. You're a little slow to give trust, which is understandable because your trust is betrayed when when you were very young. I I will say this. I don't think I still, I'm still not at the point in my life where I give trust freely. And I have a lot of people that come into my life and it takes a while. Like I don't have, I'm not someone that will instantly expand my circle because I'm at a bandwidth like limit with stuff. And so when people come into my life, if once I trust them and they're really in my life, then they're really in my life. And then I'm like there for the people in my life like you wouldn't believe. And the thing is, there's only so much I can be there for people because like my job is also being there for so many other people. So I've kind of got this, yeah, my, like this elastic that I keep in. Hmm. So I'll trust everyone. I'm, I'm kind of the other way around. Yeah. I have to train myself to be a little more cynical and skeptical because mm. I think especially like a few years back and all the way to like 12 years ago when I first learned meditation, I had my mind opening. Oh my God, everything's amazing. So many people try and manipulate soul. Myself included at the beginning of our relationship. Yeah. yeah. I I was definitely, what would you call it? Like doe eyed. I I didn't want to see the shadow of humanity. Mm -hmm. I was denying the shadow of humanity, but I still would say these days, I still, I generally give people the benefit of the doubt unless I see some kind of signal that I shouldn't. So I I generally give trust yeah. or give trust until it's broken. I I think the thing is I'm very much on my spidey senses, so I I don't want to be, but it's like hypervigilance. Like yeah. we talked about this in another podcast. I sometimes notice things that soul will not notice, and I'm super hypervigilant on people and things. I For will sure. notice things. I'm like a body language person. Like I'm always yeah, tapping you're like into a CIA things. agent. Basically. Yeah, I, I see everything. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, you walk into a room and you know exactly how would I escape from here? What? <laughs> yeah, I just like <laughs> where's I, the fire extinguisher? Literally, I, I have a foolproof plan walking into anything. Do you believe in second chances? <laughs> I do. I do. I, I really okay. do. Actually, that's the thing. Like I, I'm not someone that like knocks people out and like you're done. I think we can grow, we can evolve. And yeah. I'm as scary as I sounded in, in the bit before this, but I'm actually a very, the one thing about me that I, I've always loved is I'm not a, I don't want to fight with people. I'm actually really at a point where I want peace at, at the core of everything. I don't want to argue. I don't want to have drama. I want to, I always want the best for everyone else and I want them to have the best for me. So I really want like an equal playing field, Libra. So yeah, I think that's my, how about yeah. you? Yeah, I, I, I do believe in second chances. It does depend on what it is. Just because I realize there are so many people on this planet that mm. it depends on what it is. Yeah. If it's something really, really heavy, you might be like, you know what? 
there's so much room to meet new people. Mm. I think yeah, it's so funny. I remember hearing this thing once where they said most people by the time they're 25, they've basically met all of their friends already. Mm. And I'm like, that's just like a bullshit way to see reality that I most agree. people agree with. But I don't agree. And with I, I, th- I think I'll be making friends when I'm 90 years old. Because you're a golden retriever. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it doesn't matter. So if, if someone were to really like, fuck me over essentially i would i might be like you know what i i don't need to give a second chance mm-hmm. but but i at the same time i feel i do give people a lot of rope because i know that i'm not perfect no one's perfect to not be perfect is the earthly form of perfection mm-hmm. and everybody has a shadow mm-hmm. everybody has self-centered ego voices inside of their head telling them to do bullshit everyone's perception creates their own reality and everyone's living a subjective tunnel so it's like you do have to give people a little bit of room i think the biggest thing is just to be very upfront and transparent and call people out on their bullshit and then you'll see what kind of person they are because if they fuck you over somehow and you you call them on it, and then they go, you know what? You're right. I did do that. I apologize. I didn't mean for that. I th- had this story in my head. Mm-hmm. Then like that shows, okay, self-awareness, that shows accountability, vulnerability. Then you can grow from there. But if someone is just denying it or con- constantly justifies what they did, mm-hmm. it might just be time to find another person. There's 8 billion of us now. There might be a couple more best friends in your neighborhood that you've never met, let alone True. the rest of the world. How do you interact when someone disagrees with you? When someone disagrees with me? Yeah. It's actually funny these days. When people disagree with me, I just believe that everyone is seeing reality through their own unique lens of consciousness Mm. and that everyone is also seeing reality through their level of consciousness. And I actually am so used to people disagreeing with me these days. And I don't really give a fuck about being right because I'm not really attached to being right. And I think that's one of the things that has brought me so much peace on social media because if I believe that I always had to be right and someone else having a different opinion of me was a problem, I could not do what I do because I'm sure there are so many people that listen to me talk about manifestation or insert whatever esoteric top- topic that I've discussed on this podcast that think it's a whole load of shit. But I think one of the things that I have the ability to do is I can actually see things from their lens of reality. And some of my friends aren't like spiritual or esoteric or in that realm at all. And I actually love that because I'm such a person where I'm always wanting to to be around other people. I, do, I think we're so in a echo chamber, which is such a dangerous thing to be with people that are always blowing smoke up your ass. The only time I've ever evolved is when I've been around other people. Now, Mm. if someone disagrees with me and they want to fight with me over it, I'm just so fucking not interested in fighting with you. I do not waste my energy on on that. I'm more interested in like, why do they believe that? And I would just listen rather than debate. Also, truth can be so subjective when you think about it. What might be right for you is Mm -hmm. actually wrong for the other person. So if you both – I remember there was some experiment in Real Magic, the book by Mm -hmm. Dean Radin. He talked about how they did these experiments with a group of people who believed in the law of attraction in manifesting. And so then they performed some kind of action and they could show the result. But then they took the same – a group of the same size. Yeah. They did the exact same thing, but they didn't believe that it would work uh. and they couldn't produce the results. Mm. So that means you could have this, these two groups of people could actually be arguing from their subjective standpoints. And one side could be like, it doesn't, it's not real. It doesn't work. And the other side says, no, it is real and it does work. And guess what? They're both right. Mm. So they're both. So exactly. Arguing is. Can I, can I say one more point that I always say now, actually, 
with retreats or anytime I teach, I always say, I'm not your guru. Take what you like, leave what you don't. Because I've realized in personal development, there are so many there are so many things that we can teach or talk about, and it may not apply to someone's situation and the way that you explain it. And I think that it's just so important to realize that we're all at different, no, I don't want to say levels, but we're all experiencing different things and different things are applicable to us in different moments. Mm. When you want to give up, what keeps you going? The ripple effect. Mm. When I am tired and burnt out or when I'm feeling not more tired and burnt out because I'm th- well, look, when I'm tired and burnt out these days, I just rest. Mm. And I actually want to say that that's so important because I feel like sometimes people feel like burnout and being tired and exhausted is like a sign that, you know, you should give up or that it's like you, know, it's, you shouldn't keep going. And I'm like, no, that's just a sign that you should rest. If you're tired and you're you just need to implement more rest and make that a priority, but when I'm – kind of, yeah, feeling that, damn, like this is a lot. I just think about the ripple effect and I just think about what I'm trying to do at the end of the day, which is just spread meditation and make it more accessible and digestible to people. And at the end of the day, I'm just helping people elevate. So Mm. that to me is just such a big motivator. Mm. How about you? What do you do when you- When I want to give up, I think there's two things that keep me going. One is a belief that I am relentless. Oh, yeah, that that as well. So I know that relentlessness is a secret to success. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you can't fail if you never give up, right? And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't give up certain things mm. if you feel that it's absolutely leading you in the wrong direction. I don't, I'm not doing anything in my life that I feel is leading me in the wrong direction anymore. I, I have that luxury. So it's if I get tired, if I get fed up, if I feel like I'm climbing up a hill sometimes for a while, it's like, I'm all good. I'm just, I just, I just don't give up. So that's one. And I think the other part is having the awareness that you never ever get there anywhere. There is an illusion. So just find ways to make here more enjoyable, which maybe that's by implementing more gratitude, more balance, maybe taking a little time off, gamifying things somehow. But like, if it feels like I want to give up, then it just means I need to tweak things maybe a little bit, or maybe I just need to rest a little bit and then come at it with a fresh perspective. If you could relive one moment in your life, what would it be? I actually want to say the moment that we were in our tie-dye onesies. I was about, um, that just popped in my head. You course, just quantum of course put that did, in my brain. Of course telepathic AF. Yeah, yeah. So much of this, you and I constantly have the same answers or we'll take sure. things off each other. I remember, so there was this time when we were in Mykonos. It was our, fir- was our first time going to Mykonos, wasn't it? I think so. It was our first time going to Mykonos, going to Europe. And we had these one-piece tie-dye onesies. And then Sol and I got on this quad bike and just drove into town in them and at sunset at sunset we weren't drinking either we weren't drinking at all in Mykonos it was like your first time also being to Greece and not drinking or being to Europe and you were saying how weird it was and I was like yeah like I don't want to drink and I wasn't really big in drinking then and now I am being sober for a year so some things don't change but I you know why I think that that moment and maybe this is something that you and I need to work on in that moment 
like now we have such a beautiful business and we do, I love what we do and we have so many different beautiful projects, but it's come with a lot of responsibility. And although we don't have kids and dependents, it's, we are responsible for people and teams and students and progress and deadlines. And I just remember on that trip, it was just you and me, and we were just living life and just being creative and posting photos and documenting. And we were so free in our our minds and in location and we probably weren't as financially free and definitely as what we are now or set up and that that comes with a cost financial freedom comes with you creating something that creates financial freedom but I do think that that's something I'd like to get back to I would like to maybe it's carving out like a sabbatical next year after some of the projects that we're working on launch but just carving out more time where we can feel enough distance from everything that we're not got that in the back of our head because that was just you and I like truly living. And yeah. we were when we were driving, the thing I didn't say about this is we were driving up Mykonos and we drove over Mykonos seeing all the white buildings with the most beautiful sunset. Yeah, that Mykonos sunset is a special one. I think for me, it's probably that moment as well, actually. That, yeah. It popped into my head right before you said it. What's the highest priority in your life? I guess it's kind of like what your value structure is a little bit as well, right? What do you value most in your life? Mm. Let me think. It's a big question. They contradict each other. Really? Mm. Well, life is full of paradoxes. Yeah. What is it? Freedom yeah. and impact. Mm. So mm. <laughs> yep. I, I really value my freedom. It's kind of what Solonized life is built on, freedom of mind, freedom of location, freedom of financial abundance, like all of these things. But I really value having an impact. I really value being able to impact people's lives and to be able to make a difference and to to have – and when I say I value that impact, like for me right now, I have a high value on recording this podcast. Like we're literally recording three podcasts right now because I've left it to the last minute that we can record. And there, there are so many things that I do that I, I put above, like I choose things like this over so many other things. And that is like my first priority because I really care about this audience and the people and retreats and like carving out things like, and being with my self-care and my time. There's so many things that I do to make sure that I create a strong impact and that it is impactful what I do. And then at the same time, freedom and Balancing those two things sometimes is difficult. That's the that's where you have to figure out the Wu Wei approach, right? The, the yin and the yang. The Lao Tzu teach without teaching. <sighs> yeah. hundred percent. I think for me it's it's freedom and peace of mind. I think it's so easy to lose your peace of mind. And I lose mine all the time. I'll forget to meditate for two days and get really busy. And then suddenly I notice I'm just chasing my own tail the whole time and tiny little things annoy me. And I see so many people live in that state the whole time, not realizing that every day a little more of your life is slipping through your fingers mm -hmm. of this wonderful experience that could be anything you want it to be. Every little ordinary moment can be extraordinary so long as your perspective, your mind, your state of mind allows you to perceive that. So I think for me it's spending days, weeks, months, and then years, so many people just not really living just finding yourself in that complaining mentality where things are not good enough and you're not quite there yet and all that stuff. That's something I really, I, I try to prioritize a lot. And and it goes through phases. Sometimes I'll go through weeks where I feel like I haven't prioritized that enough, but I know that when I do, it makes, it, it can make a single day 
more meaningful and enjoyable than weeks or months of your life otherwise. Mm. Okay. And then the last question on my list, is there anything holding you back from living your ideal life? It's a good question to ask yourself regularly. Is there anything holding me back from living my ideal life? I've got one for me. Mm. It's living in a place where people stay. So Bali is a wonderful place, but it is a very transitory place. It's like a it's like a stop in people's lives. It's not where people settle necessarily. And I think that creates a, a kind of environment where it just feels different than say a city somewhere in a Western country mm. where people get together for barbecues and create routine. Oh, Fridays I play tennis with these three people or something. There's just less of that here. It's so free flowing and everyone's prepared for anyone to leave at any given moment to go back to the real world. Mm. And so I think for me, I'm a very social person. And yeah. I think as I get older- I struggle with that. Yeah. I, and I, that's something that we've both really struggled with. Yeah. I also struggle with that. Like for example, on retreats, like I sometimes have people say to me like, oh, why are you, like you're a bit distant. And I'm like, oh, this is so hard for me. I do 27 people, then I do 27 people again. And it's this abandonment thing of like people always leaving, which is- We've had that throughout our whole entire lives. I think, not our lives, but since we became decided to be nomads, there's this constant theme of there's not like solid people because of where we live and the environment that we're in, yeah. and also the kind of work that we do. It's so transient, and it's that can be really intense. It's to, shaky ground. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels it's a like, blessing on the one hand that yeah. everything's so fluid and up in the air, but once you've done it for so many years, it like can be we really have, really taxing. Yeah, so I think that's. Oh, very introspective episode. Wait, my question, I didn't answer it. Continue. Wait, I just, so say it to begin. Is there anything that's holding you back from living your ideal life? Mm. Creating more space and time to ruminate. Mm. I think rumination, like the concept of ruminating is so forgotten in this current time space reality. Even everyone wants an answer now. It's they always, there's this like fastness to the world. Like even in situations, like everyone just wants you to react and do everything now, 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 now. And I think there, the nature of content is so fast and everything is so fast. And I think it, it makes us lose the time for rumination. And I think moving forward in what I see, what I want to do with my career is longer term projects. Like I want to do things that really have more meaning that stay around for a longer period of time. Also writing meditations, like to me, that is like such a process and a labor of love. So I think it's creating like more space to be offline and to have that time to reflect and really think and to spend time on things. And I feel like that's really for me the idea of dreaming big and living slow. That is the embodiment of that. And that's why I'm so in awe of that lifestyle. And that is something that I'm constantly learning to expand in because if I can continue to dream big, but live slow, that to me is my ideal life. That's a life that I want to live. That's a life that I'm committed to making happen. Love that. Mm. All right. Well, interesting episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got to know us a little bit more in this episode. I feel like it was a deep dive into us and our philosophies and where we are currently. I think the one thing I want to say is I think it's 
It's really interesting with a podcast and putting these ideas out there because although we say all these things now, my answers tomorrow might change. And I think we're always changing. We're always evolving. And I want to invite you to give yourself, the listener, the space to change, the space to evolve and give other people the space and time to evolve as well and realize that we're always learning and growing and changing who we are as people. So I hope you enjoyed getting to know us a little bit more. If you did, let us know, share this episode out and we will see you in the next one. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.